0: I want to thank you for taking the time to watch this video. I value your time, so I want to let you know immediately why you may want to follow the work that I do, or maybe why you may not. My primary goal, or life's work, is to change or improve the world one learner at a time. I help people reignite their learner's mindset by getting people to change their thinking about learning, to change their approach to learning, and to change their learning environment. What is a learner's mindset? Have you ever been around a young child or toddler who is constantly asking why, or who asks hundreds of questions and has that insatiable curiosity? That inquisitivism is the foundation to the learner's mindset. And over the past several decades, I've developed an approach that will help you, your children, your students, your employees, your colleagues, or your friends reignite your learner's mindset. This video is about my why And how I came to realize it and how it has been a turning point in my life the following backstory provides a foundation or context for why I do what I do about ten years ago I created a digital story that explained that I wasn't suited for school but I was suited for learning you can watch this video and see the full story but I want to highlight the fact that most of my primary school teachers told me I didn't belong or wasn't suited for school I was that kid that most people would recognize as having too much energy and passion for life and that was continually distracting the class. I wasn't a bad kid. I just wanted so much more than the system could give me. As a result, most of my time in the primary education system of the 1960s and 70s was spent either in isolation in the hallway, in the corner or back of the classroom, or restricted to the library if I wasn't in the principal's office. The library time was great because I was a voracious reader and read every book, watched every film strip, and listened to every record that was available in this small rural school library. Corporal punishment was a norm in this rural school that I attended, so I was strapped on a consistent basis. By the time I reached middle school, I was moved to a school where most misfits were sent. Around this time, my mother left my father, and we moved from the farm into the city, my mother worked several jobs just to survive so i was left on my own and at age twelve i became a latchkey kid who skipped school during the day and roamed the city streets by night i've always been a resourceful and entrepreneurial type of person so this freedom gave me the opportunity to engage in a wide assortment of ventures and other activities that allowed me to support my habits and interests School in the city wasn't much better than school in the country, and I still wasn't suited for school. So I dropped out of high school and worked as a carpenter, general contractor, photographer, started a few business ventures, and even spent some time in the military. A parachute accident brought my military career to an end, and as I recovered from my injuries, I had a long time to increase my reading and considered some sort of a career change that involved reading and writing because I could no longer rely just on my physical abilities. Even though I knew I still wasn't suited for school, I've always been a bit of a delusional optimist, so I decided to go back to school and see what I could make of the system. I operated my high school by challenging all the senior-level courses I needed for my diploma. I've always been a good reader, and my comprehension and retention allowed me to breeze through the information regurgitation system with the smallest of effort. I started my undergraduate studies as an adult student at the age of 30 and I was considerably older than most of my classmates and as old as some of my instructors. I was initially shocked at how simple and easy most university courses were and quickly learned how the system worked and established a process to excel at any test. I'd always been logical and because I was so well read I quickly learned that I was able to write effectively and could give my professors whatever they required. The same information transfer model that I lived through in primary and secondary education was still in place in higher ed. I still wasn't suited for school, but I learned how to easily work the information transfer system and give the system what it wanted while I focused on learning what I needed. The only courses that were remotely interesting and challenging were in philosophy and theology, so I majored in philosophy, theology, and English, which allowed me to focus on reading and writing. Philosophy opened up a whole new world because I enjoyed exploring life's most fundamental questions dealing with epistemology, ontology, and cosmology. I was drawn to epistemology because it exposed me to the study of the nature and origin and the scope of knowledge, the rationality of belief, and how we come to know. When I stumbled upon John Dewey's philosophy education, I was shocked to learn that Dewey's notion of learning by doing that he proposed over a hundred years ago was rooted in Aristotelian philosophy and the scientific method of the ancient Greeks. I was also angered that the behavior system of education that I was subjected to as a child, and even in my undergraduate studies, was nothing at all like what Dewey, Piaget, Bruner, and other constructivists had researched and proposed. I'd always suspected that there was a better way to do learning, and now I had a sense of what effective learning could be. Once my anger had subsided, I resolved to learn everything I could about the constructivist learning philosophies so that I could fix a broken system that ignored so much of my potential. I wasn't the only kid that was told they were not suited for school. I began a mission to make sure kids like me who weren't suited for school, but were suited for learning, could not only get by, but thrive. I was fortunate that I was less agreeable or more stubborn than most of the kids, and my openness to new ideas kept me focused on what I really needed. Unfortunately, not all kids are as resilient as I was, and too many learners are failed by our current system. My research has confirmed that all learners would benefit from real-world projects that enable them to learn by doing and as a builder create solutions or strategies to improve their world and the world around them. I've spent the last 25 years exploring how we can create significant learning environments where we give our learners choice, ownership and voice through authentic learning opportunities which I now refer to as a CSLE plus COVA approach. In 1994, when I first started my research in this area, I also started teaching online. There were no well-established online learning approaches, so I took the best ideas from all the constructivist approaches I had researched and developed a web-based approach to online design and instruction called inquisitivism, the hmm, what does this button do approach to learning? This became the title of my doctoral research, and the 10 key principles of inquisitivism is what I still use today, and this has evolved into the CSLE plus COVA, and more recently, it's the foundation of the learner's mindset. Why have I dedicated my life to this? I don't just want learners to survive our educational system, I want them to thrive. I want learners to become more self-reliant and self-directed and prepare them for the world of opportunities. I have learned that the best way to improve the world for all learners is to change the world one learner at a time. By giving my learners choice and ownership of their projects, they become more self-directed and autodidactic. And since many of our learners are working in some form of instructional capacity, they then give their learners choice and ownership and voice through authentic learning opportunities, which perpetuates this empowering cycle. This change in thinking about learning, the approach to learning, CSLE plus COVA, and the change in the learning environment is what I now refer to as a learner's mindset. Another way to look at the learner's mindset is to consider the capacity that young children or toddlers have to ask those nonstop questions about the world around them. This natural or intrinsic inquisitive nature that toddlers have to see the world as a constant source of opportunities is what I help older children and adults reignite or restore. I also argue that it is better to maintain the learner's mindset in children by giving them choice and ownership through authentic projects. I do live in the real world, which promotes the information transfer model of standardized content delivery, so I know that the learner's mindset will often get quenched in our current educational system. Fortunately, the human being is the most amazing learning entity on this planet, and it doesn't take that much to reignite the intrinsic power of the learner's mindset. With a bit of coaching, a change in thinking about learning, a change in the learning approach and the learning environment and the learner's mindset will not only be reignited, it will burn bright. This is why I continue to create and share resources like the Learners Mindset you are exploring on my personal website, It's About Learning, or on the thelearnersmindset.com, why I continue to teach in schools of instructor education, and why I continue to research, write, and develop a Learners Mindset, and then share my passion for learning. I've been changing my world and the world for many of my learners, and I invite you to join me in improving or changing the world, one learner at a time.